Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Amen, amen, amen. So this morning I want to talk to you about something the Lord has been dealing with me and I've been studying on for the last few months. And uh, so the other day I just started writing it, writing it, putting it together. And then before I got the call, already I was just writing it and putting it together because I've been studying on it. But the title of this message is going to be, some of y'all probably, Kingdom Carriers. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a kingdom carrier. Say, the kingdom is in you. The kingdom of God is in you. Now, I want you to have your Bibles, take notes, or whatever you got to do so we can get this. Because when God just opened my mind up to the kingdom so much and I've been studying on it, it's so powerful. But the first uh, uh, verse, I want to look, look at Luke 17, 20. Luke 17, 20. And uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word. If you're going to put it up, or I'll just read it. That's fine. They don't have it up. That's fine. It says, Luke 17, 20, 21, and when he was demanding of the Pharisees, he went, to the, he went to the kingdom of God. He said, when should this kingdom of God come? And he answered and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Verse 21. Neither should you say, lo here or lo there. But behold, the kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God is within you. But that's just not enough. God don't want us to keep the kingdom in us. He gave it to us so we can go and represent him on the earth. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we as here, and he don't want us to just keep it to ourselves. He wants us to use it to dominate. To dominate this world, go to um, Genesis 1.26. Genesis 1.26, and I want you to show, I'm going to walk through this first before I get to it. Genesis 1.26, it says, 1.26, well, let's go up to 21 first. Let's go to 2021, if you have it. Let's go to 20. I want to see something. I just want to read clips of certain verses. And underline these certain words, I'm telling you. And God created a great well, and every living creature that moves. The waters brought forth abundantly. After that kind, after their kind, underline that after their kind, another verse, according to their kind. Verse 22, it said, I'm just reading the verses that I want you to underline where it says, according to his kind. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters of the sea, and the flowers and multiplied the earth. And er in the evening and the night, I'm not trying to skip through that, so I want to go to verse 24, where it's saying, God said, let the earth bring forth the living bird, but the living creature in every kind, after its kind. What I'm trying to say, everything, this is my Bible I don't usually study with, it says according to its kind. It's just saying it on there, according to its kind. Everything was according to its kind. The animals was according to his kind, the wells, the birth. Everything was according to his kind. But the verse I want you to get to is verse 26. 
And then God said, let us make man, talking about us, in our image, after our likeness. He didn't say according to his kind. He said like, after our likeness. So we're in the likeness. We're in the similitude of God. God made us like him to create, to dominate. So he didn't make the birds and all that. He made us like him. So we are made in the likeness of God. So being kingdom-minded is royalty, rule, and you reign. So when you reign over stuff, you take authority over it. So the, verse, the first nugget is going to be God's kingdom is not of this world. Remember that. God's kingdom is not of this world. This world have a kingdom that's going on. It have a, a government that's going on. But God's kingdom is not of this world. Amen? He said, but it works in this earth because he put it inside of us. So it works the same way because he put it inside of us. That's why it don't make sense to the unbeliever. So when you're telling your kin folks and this folks, or you pay tithes and you do this, they don't understand that because they don't understand the kingdom. And then most people, even in church, don't understand because they've been churchified. They've just been coming to church and just come to church, get a good message, go home, and don't, nothing change. So a lot of people don't understand the kingdom. So go to 2 Corinthians 4, 3. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. And this is why he said, if our gospel is here, it is here to them who are lost. So they don't understand it. So it's here to them that are lost. Whom the God of this mind, whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them that believe not. So God has blinded their mind. So they don't understand the kingdom. So, so the kingdom is foolishness to them. First, first Corinthians 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, we, they don't understand it. They don't understand the kingdom. But to us, so the preaching of the cross is to them that are perishing foolishness. But unto which we are saved, it is the power of God. So it's the power of God to us. So I'm trying to walk y'all through this real quick to get it to understand it. Amen. So, so go to 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have it. Now I realize you have the kingdom in you, but God had to hide it from the devil. You see what I'm saying? Go to uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17. I'm just going to walk you through it. He said, but we have this treasure of the kingdom, of this wealth, in this earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power of God may be of us. Excellency be of God may be of us. So this treasure, he put it in us. That's why the scriptures say, if the, if, the, if the people of this world have known, they were not crucified. The Lord, they didn't know about the kingdom. So, so they didn't know, they think, they're thinking the government of this world, all this stuff going, but God has had another kingdom. So when you walk in your dominion and your kingdom, it's totally different from what we're doing here. It's totally different. See, we have a government, and just like in, 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 in the Bible, Caesar, Caesar, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Caesar was the, uh, who was the top? Yeah, Caesar, and then it's, and then it's Herod, and then it's Pilate. So see, they ruled everything. They ruled everything. But God gave it to us to rule. We have dominion in us. And I'm getting before myself, but let's just keep going. Amen? Okay, first, uh, John, uh, John 18, 36. Thank you, Jesus. See, once we are in the kingdom, 
Jesus sent us out into the world to represent him. So once you're in the kingdom, Jesus sends you out into the world to represent him. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says we are ambassadors of Christ. Ambassador means representing him. So we are representing Christ when we go out. We are representing Christ. So the next one is uh, Jesus is the king of the kingdom. So you got to remember that Jesus is the king of the kingdom. John 18.36, if you have that, put that up there. John 18.36. Say, Jesus answered, Jesus answer, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. I'm like, whoa. Jesus said, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants will fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. And this was right before Jesus' crucifixion. So he was telling them, my kingdom is not up here. I have to die. I came to die. He said, except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it remains alone. So Jesus' full purpose was to die so we can be kingdom-minded, so we can be birthed. Amen? So he had to do it. So 1 Corinthians 2.8. Go to 1 Corinthians 2.8. Just walking you through it. He said, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. That he was, he was carrying the kingdom. They didn't know he was carrying the kingdom. And then 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it said, but it is written, it said, eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither have entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them. Now, he's not talking to, that, to us because we have revelation of it. Because verse 10, if you go to verse 10, it said, 2 Corinthians 2, 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit. So when you get filled with the Holy Spirit or be born again, you become quick. And God opens your eyes up to see spiritual things. Until then, you're just walking in the dark. Seriously, you're just walking in the dark and trying to be a Christian in this world, but no spirit. Everything done for Christians is spiritual. So you have to understand that if you're not praying, you're not reading your Bible, you're not doing the things of God to get spiritual. You're in your flesh, and you're going to always lose. It, 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 you always lose. That's why it's so forceful when pastor come up here and preach the word. He, he's forced because he's pressing against, like I said, a force that's trying to stop you. So you can't just sit there and say, oh, whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to pray today. I'm not going to do this. Then the devil will tear you up. You can't. You just, if you don't pray, you just, you're just giving up already. Because it's a spiritual force. And we're thinking in the mind, I have to go see a psychiatrist, I have to go do that. No, you have to pray. And when you pray, you, you're pressing against a force that's trying to hold you back. When you feel a heaviness or something going on in your house or going on, you got to pray. You got to open that door up and say, hold on, something is not right in my house. I command you to get on out of here in the name of Jesus. Kids acting up things, acting. No, 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 there's something going on. It's a force there. Your kids in the room watching whatever and all this crazy music, they're bringing a presence in your house. And you have to take authority over that. You can't sleep at night. You can't do this. It's a presence. Listen, I anoint my house all the time. I open my door all the time. I don't know anybody. You, you coming out of here. 
and close your, then I advise you to go home and your husband are acting up or whatever, your wife, go open the door, just open the door, say, I'm, I'm good. Get your anointing on, anoint your house in the name of Jesus, you spirit of argument, whatever it is, I command you out of here now. You don't have to yell and all that, just open your door and cast that spirit and shut your door and you watch the peace of God and welcome the peace of God in your house. Because if you don't, the, the, just when you get there, you, you're worried, you're stressed. He'll stress you out. And most people who are in depression or going through stuff, they don't say nothing. The devil keep them quiet. That's the main ones that have mind issues right there because he keep you quiet. See, you win by what you say. You, you don't win by what you don't say. I'm just, I'm just not going to say nothing. Okay. And the devil is messing with your mind. You ain't saying nothing. You're not counteracting what he's saying. The Bible says you should have what you say. So you have to say something. Devil, I have the mind of Christ. I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against me or my kids shall prosper. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am the head and not the tail. Don't be, no, don't be quiet. No, indeed not. You can't. In the spiritual, in the kingdom, you have to talk. In the Bible, in Genesis, God said, God said, God said, everything he, had, he spoke to, he said it. Amen? So when you got saved, you was transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the God's kingdom. So when you was transferred, he said, the Bible said, you have he quickened, who was dead in trespass and sin. So literally, when you received Christ, you became alive. Your spirit man became alive. And now you are a brand new person. So the problem is with us Christians, we get saved and we try to live a Christian life in the flesh. And it's not going to work because now you're in another kingdom. It's another And everything done in that kingdom is through the spirit. And that's why it don't work. That's why you're frustrated. That's why you're trying to do stuff and it's not working. Because you're not praying. You're not reading your Bible. And you're trying to figure it out and you're stressing yourself. I'm telling you, this thing works if you work it. It works. I've been working for, listen, for 30 years. And I've been like, God, listen, I've been standing on the word of God, standing on the word of God, and I know where I was. And I'm telling you this because God can deliver you and take you to a whole nother level. Amen? So that's why, listen, that's why when you give, you give, you are given to the kingdom. And everything you give, multiply. Everything you give to God, multiply. And see, you have to realize that when you give, you're giving to a kingdom. So you can give on this earth, you go to work, $20 an hour, they're going to pay you for $20 an hour. You're going to get that check on the week or whatever, you're going to pay, you're going to get that check. But when you give to the kingdom, it multiplies. Let me jump to this one verse real quickly. It's in my notes, but I want to show you 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Just, I know y'all, I give y'all the notes, but I want y'all to just see something real quick. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, we're talking about multiplication. Look what God said. I can read it, but I want to get it. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, it says, where is it at? Okay, look what it said. No, 9, 10, I'm sorry. 9, 10. It said, now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply the seeds you have sown. You know why? Because it's 
was transferred to another kingdom. So in that kingdom, things multiply. So, so let's go to uh, uh, nugget number three. This, this is the most powerful one. Changing kingdoms. You're literally changing kingdoms. Now this one you have to get. Go to Mark 6. We're going to start at 37. Let's go to Mark 6. This one you have to get because this, this is going to just going to just blow your mind. When I get, got to Mark 6, let's go to Mark 6, 37. Let's start at 37. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. I'm gonna, oh. Let's see. Okay. Just, just bear with me, y'all. I know we had a lot of praising going on. And this is my uh, Jesus Bible I don't study with, so this got to find... This is my wife bought me this Bible. Thank you. And I graduated from Raymond, graduated from Bible College. She bought me this Bible. And this is a Dad Hagen Bible. This is a really good one with 27 study notes and everything in here. And it, I, I, I usually don't bring it out too much, but uh, this is a good one. So anyway, let's... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, see, I like Bibles that have... This one don't have the uh, commentary and all that in it. I'm a more of a study person. So she bought it, I thank God for She had like a hundred and something dollars for this Bible. I'm like... It's good, but I'm like the Bible. I need notes and commentary and all that. So thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate it. But I just brought it out. I said, I need, I need Dad Hagen anointing now. I'm bringing out the, the, the Rhema Bible. Amen. So let, let's get into this. Mark uh, 637. Let's, 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 let's get into this. Where are we at? Where are we at? Let me stay focused, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, when we're talking about the scriptures, that's the one. Oh, yeah, okay. He said, and Jesus said, answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. This one, the people had to feed the people that was preaching. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, should we go and buy 200 dineros worth of bread? It's like eight months worth of labor. He said, give them something to eat. Keep going, keep going. But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they say five and two fishes. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. Keep going. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. Keep going. I'll get to them when I want. And when he had taken the loaves, this is it, the loaves and the fishes, he looked up to heaven blessed and broke the loaves and gave to the disciples that was set before them. Now this is what you have to get. The word bless, I was looking up the dictionary.reference.com. The word bless, I know we think of it as a certain thing, but the word bless me in that part is consecration, sanctification, or separation. So remember that, remember bless. So what he did, Jesus took the loaves, the bread, from this earthly, worldly, uh, 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 sinful world. He took it and he blessed it, so he shifted kingdoms. He blessed it and it went up to heaven. So, so listen, he had to take it from this world because this world is cursed. So he had to take it, so when you give to God, it's shifting kingdoms. So when you give to the altar, you didn't shift 
from I'm just putting my money down. No, it shifts. When the man of God bless it, it shifts kingdoms. So in that kingdom, things multiply. So that's why you say, God said, I will multiply it when you give it to him. So when you, God said, you're going to multiply. I saw a young lady last week, I don't know if she's here, her and her daughters came up, and, and her daughter, she was putting the officer down, the money down, I think it's a young lady back there, and, uh, and her daughter just threw the money down. She looked, she said, oh, no, no, you're not. Pick that up and bless that. She picked it up, and I watched it, and she told her to pray over and bless it. Soon when she did that, it shift kingdoms. It shift kingdoms. So now when you give, it has to work. It has to work because you're not looking at this government, this government, this government. And that's why it's hard for some people to vote a certain way, to do certain things, because they're dependent on this government to take care of them. If I vote this way, uh, uh, you know, praise God. You know how that goes. You got to vote this, you get this, because they're going to give you something free. You vote for me, I'll give you something free. That's, that's how it works. And that kingdom is that government, or that, or that, uh, it works that way. But in God's kingdom, it works totally different. Totally different. So when you give, don't look at it, I'm just giving now. My money going straight to the kingdom. And God said it will multiply. He will shake it together, run it over, and give it back to me. Now you can give it to here, you can put it in the bank, you can do all that. But when you give to God, and I, and, I, and, I, and I challenge you today. If you've been holding on to a certain amount of money and holding it in the bank or holding it in your wallet and stuff in it, give it to God. If you've been believing for something, give it to God. I've been working this thing, my wife and work. Now, let me be honest with you. My wife is the, probably the, the giver. I, I give, but she is the giver, and she, I've learned so much from her. She'll give herself if she could. She'll just want to give, just bless, just bless everything. You know what I'm saying? And I've seen God has just, you know, and, that, and that just most of the time it's us men because we, we think, I need to do this, I need to do that, I got to make sure this is done, I got to make sure that, and the wife just said, just give it. And I've seen God multiply her in her business and her job by her just giving, giving, giving. And just imagine, God showed me, he said, just imagine if that shift, if the man be more of the giver, if I'm blessing you, but the wife more of the giver, can you imagine if it shifts, men, if we give more and not let our wife always outgive us? Man, can you imagine how a household will be? So I'm trying to outdo her now. I know I'm giving. I'm giving. I, I'm, I'm giving now. And God has taught me that. You know what I'm saying? So always try to outdo your wife. She's the giver. I'm going to outdo her. I'm going to give more. I'm, I'm giving. I always was a giver, but not, not in that way. So I just advise you men. Give more. Don't be holding stingy and this and that. You'll be just where you at. Just, just working, coming home because a job, God never intended for us to have a job. He intended us to work. A job is labor. That's Pharaoh house. You working, you slaving, you this and that. I'm not saying about that, but he intended for you to work. That's why when most people get businesses and do things what they love doing, they just blow up because that's what God created us to do. He brought us out of slavery. But we are so uh, controlled by this government. We are so controlled about this system. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't. We got to trust God's system. We have to trust God. As a Christian, you have to shift 
to that kingdom. Amen? Let's continue on. When Jesus took it, he broke it and blessed it. I said that. He said, that's why Jesus said, I love this, Matthew 6, 19. Go to Matthew 6, 19. He said, I wrote my own scripture down because I don't know how long they be putting it up there, so I'm going to read on. Amen? He said, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. So he said, do not lay up for yourself wealth. Treasure to mean, treasure to mean wealth. Where a moth and rush destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So you can put it in the bank, you can put it under your blanket or your pillow or whatever, and listen, your house catch on fire anyway. You've got your money anyway. So, so, so anything can happen to it. You know what I'm saying? Anything can happen. You, you invest it, stock can go bad, whatever. So, but look what he said. He said, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So thieves can't steal your blessings, can't steal what you have when you give it to God. And the system and the church, certain churches have not taught on it, and that's why most churches are broke. So I thank God for our man of God is teaching, and he's pressing against it. He's pressing against it, and I'm getting the revelation of it. I refuse to live this Christian life and not live in blessing. You ask anybody who's walking in the blessings of God, ask them what they're doing. And I guarantee the number one thing say they're giving. I guarantee. You look at their life. You can't be mad they're living in mansions and doing, you can't, you can't be mad. I guarantee you their giving is beyond, beyond above. So you cannot be mad at them. Seriously, if you want to go where they're at, you have to give. And that's not my message, but I'm just part of the kingdom. That's how the kingdom works. Amen? He said, we are Let's see, when we give to God, it's changed kingdoms. God is obligated to do that. Nugget number four. Jesus carried the kingdom when he was on this earth. Jesus carried the kingdom. That's why everybody was coming to him and trying to get something out of him. They was trying to get the kingdom out of him because he carried something that was different from the world. How are you doing this? Who gave you the authority to do that? How you do this? How you doing that? He had a kingdom in him. You never know, you notice Jesus never was stressed out about certain things. He just knew it was going to work. It was new to people because they didn't understand the kingdom. To keep Jesus, that was normal. Heal the sick. That's how the kingdom worked. So it was shocked to us, you know, like, wow, look at that. Jesus, that's normal. What they're supposed to do because the king, because he had the kingdom within him. So Matthew 9:35. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. So in the kingdom, you got to realize, if you read Deuteronomy, and I think it's uh, 28, when it talks about the curse, the curse is spiritual, by, um, spiritual poverty, spiritual uh, uh, lack, poverty, and death and sickness. So if you're dealing with any one of those things, spiritual poverty, poverty and sickness, that's the curse of the law. So if you're dealing with that, you got to see what am I doing wrong because God, you delivered me from the curse of the law. So I am delivered from that. So if you're sick all the time and you have sickness and chronic diseases, see what's going on in your life. See if you have any unforgiveness in your heart. You can forgive somebody just like that. And you can get healed. 
I tell the story of my wife, and we was backing out the days when she was in the hospital and she was going through and, and she was almost dying. I mean, literally laid out dying. And I'm standing up there in the name of Jesus, all these tubes all in her and all this stuff going on in her. And I, and I came in there and the doc, nurse was all, the room was all dirty and the room was all just like death. Minister Grabman had just went up there and prayed for it and prayed for But when I came up there, it was like, what room wasn't dirty? Dirt? I said, hold up, first you gotta clean this room up. That's a spirit of death. Y'all trying to kill my wife. I called the nurses in there, y'all need to clean this up. Clean this bathroom up, clean all this up. And I had to welcome the spirit of God in that place. And as I was standing there, laying there on my knees praying, the Lord said, you need to forgive. Walk and forgive anything your wife did. You're not saying no hard stuff, but you know, we always offended with our wives or something, something they did. And at the same time, God was telling her the same time while she was in there, she needed to forgive me for the things I did. Woke up the next morning. I, I woke up the next morning, this woman in the bathroom combing her hair. No tubes, no nothing, no, no on her body. I'm like, what, what? The nurse came in there, the nurse screamed. She like, whoa, see all your vital signs was all this and this and this and this. And she said, what happened? And my wife told me, she said, God visited her and told her, you need to forgive your husband. And she said, God, I forgive him. Instantly, she was healed. Instantly. I mean, she walked, I got there, we walked around in the hospital, walked around. Doctor said, I don't know what else to tell you. You can just, you go home the next day or whatever, went home. And you holding on unforgiveness from a grandparent or a brother at a family reunion, you still mad at him because he didn't cook the chicken right or whatever. People, you are, listen, like I tell people, I don't get sick. And I say that and I still say it. And I still claim healing. COVID came around, I, I ain't getting sick. It ain't touching my body. We don't want to say the word in my house. When people say the F-L-U, we don't say the word. You're not saying it in my, I don't want the word in my house. Because it's not going to affect me. Because if it do, if it's try to come against me, I'm going to check myself. God, what did I do wrong? Who I need to forgive? Who I need to get this? I need to check myself. And I start acting. And so when sickness try to attack your body, don't just sit there and let it attack you. And don't claim it, my sickness, or it's my arthritis, or it's my, oh, I have, oh, I have, you claiming it. So it's like, I ain't going nowhere. You want me to stay here? I ain't going nowhere. No, you got to get up out the bed and start doing what you used to do. I'm not, yeah, washing dishes, I do that all the time. And that's, if a sickness tries to take me by, you're not coming about, I don't, I don't get sick. You're not, you're not coming on me. So you have to do that and take authority over that. God gave you the authority. Amen. So let's continue on. Thank you, Jesus. Sin will stop the blessing of the kingdom from coming to you. Sin. If you have sin in your life, it will. Or you have anything going on in your life, it will stop you. And I, I want to show you, show you something for us, us, how it's the spirit of God. I need just real quick, four people, four people to come up here real quick. Who's going to come up? Come on, Eric. Come on, Stan. Who else? Who else is going to come? Just four. No, I'm not going to do nothing really bad to y'all. Just come on up here. <laughs> Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. You stand over here, Dad. Just stand over here right now. Y'all stand together. Stand together. Stand right here. So this, this is us. No, spread out. That's where you can touch each other. This is us. This is you right here. This is the spirit man. This is your spirit man right here. This is your spirit man.
This is just soul. The soul is the emotion, will, intellect, imagination of the person. This is the flesh. This is the corner person of the person. This is the corner, bro. He just corner, just don't want to do nothing. So, so this is how it's supposed to go. Your spirit supposed to tear your soul what to do. Your soul or your mind, your male, you're supposed to tell your soul what to do. Your soul supposed to tell your flesh or your corner man what to do. But see, this is what the devil does. The devil reverses it. He tries to. He tells the flesh, I'm about to curse this person out. <laughs> the flesh tells your soul, I'm about to cuss this person out. She's on my last nerve. So your soul tells your spirit, I'm done. I'm about to cuss this person out. I'm done. I'm done. So your spirit and your soul is wrestling. As I said, we wrestle against these things. But come here, come here, come here, Dad. But when you get saved, this is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, you know, he, he, he gives you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is stronger than this. So when you get Jesus, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit tells your spirit, no, you're not going to cuss that person out. Holy Spirit tells your flesh, no, you're going to obey because you walk in the spirit where your mind will. We walk in the fruit of the spirit, the joy of the Lord. You walk in that. So I prayed all night. You're going to obey me. And your flesh tells your, I mean, your soul tells your flesh. I am not going to curse it because I'm a man of God. I'm a child of God. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But if you don't start here with Jesus, you just, you, you, you over here. Because the spirit man is stronger than this. The, the Holy Spirit is stronger than this. But most Christians and most people, we read this. This is this, this we're running everything right here. Your flesh. Your soul is hurting. You've been wounded. You've been rejected. You got bitterness in you. Your soul just needs a little spirit to just calm them down, to heal them. But you don't get in your Bible. You don't pray with the Holy Spirit so your soul is wounded. So you don't come to church, you don't do this, you're mad at everybody. But if you get in this and not this, you're going to be okay. Don't let this rule your body. Don't let this tell you what to do, because this is carnal. This is the flesh. Flesh never want to do nothing right. Never want to live for God. So if you walk in this, if you're not praying, this is you all day. You're just eating. You're just cussing people out. You're mad at everybody. You ain't doing nothing spiritual. And your soul is getting wounded by this. None of this. Your soul. Your flesh mad? Tell your soul to do. Your flesh, cuss him out. No, he did that to you. No, don't forgive him. So your soul is holding all this weight. All this weight. And that's why, thank you, fellas, thank you so much. And that's why it's so important that we as Christians, it's so important as we as Christians, when people come here to church, people come here, we have to be sensitive to the person's soul. Because you don't know where that person may be at. If that person been in the flesh all day and their soul wounded, and you just, you, you, you pulling salt on the wound. So before you come to church, you got to be ready to be prayed up. Every one of us here, if we members, we here, visitors coming all the time. 
They had hundreds of people at the funeral. And Sister LaDonna, you did an excellent job at her own son's funeral. Come on now. Did an excellent job. Excellent job. But they had all those people there, and she ministered to all those people. All of them. And, and, and it was a blessing to see that. Because you don't never know what people had in their soul. So we, we're here to heal. We're here to, you know, you can't operate in the, especially if you're working in ministry. You cannot work in ministry if you're not praying, if you're not in the Word. You're going to destroy people's lives. I worked here for seven years, and I've seen people come in as hurting and pain, and we had to be ready to pray for them. We had to be ready to give them food. We had to be ready to do certain things. And if you're not spiritually ready, and I tell people, before you come to church, you need to be prayed up. Before you come, you need to be prayed. You don't come here and wait for a pastor to give you a word. You already prayed up. I get up 6 o'clock, I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to come. I don't eat on Sundays. And I, just, I just want to feed on the spirit. I want the spirit to feed me. That's my meal. And if you getting up eating a whole pancake, now you do what you want. I'm not saying all that. But if you got a big old spread out and you about to go to church, you're going to be sitting there just full, ready to go home. Your flesh and over, you ain't hearing nothing spiritual. Your flesh just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm already, I didn't ate, drunk my coffee. I'm ready to go home. And you expect to come here and get a spiritual man. You're trying to pull on pastor, and he's trying to give you the word. You're just sitting there like, oh, man, you know. Your flesh just saying, don't praise God. So just try it. And I'm saying that, you know, if you, if you really, I'm not, not a religious out of it. Sometimes I have to eat a vegetable or a fruit or something like that if I'm really, really home. But I'm saying, if you can, come and just be on the edge of your seat. Drink some waters. I'm coming to get the word. I'm coming to get spiritually fed. Flesh, shut up. You ain't getting nothing right now until I get home. You wait. And you may not get nothing until when I get home if you act up. Yeah, you got to tell your flesh what to do. Because that flesh is a mess. It's like a whining kid. It wants food. It wants whatever it wants. Whatever it wants. Your flesh, if you're not doing it, that flesh is a mess. I, you know, I coached my son basketball game yesterday, and he just was acting up, just acting in his flesh. I'm like, hold up. And we had the game. You know, majority of them is white people. You know what I'm saying? I'm the coach. And I'm like, brother, I was trying to smile. I'm like, Caleb, if you don't, boy, because everybody looking at you. <laughs> I said, bruh, how you doing? I said, Caleb, if you don't act right, bruh, I'm trying to talk to him. I looked at my wife, give it eye. She had to just come out of her seat. She just came over there and sit, because I'm like, I'm trying to coach everybody else. And he's just acting up, flesh. I said, boy, you are in trouble. You are seriously in trouble. So when we got in the car, he got in trouble. And he was done. No video game, no nothing. Just flesh. Kids can be in their flesh too. I mean, he was just flesh. Just act for what reason? I'm like, what in the world? So, but it just shows you how when you're in your flesh, you mess up very his whole team. I took them out. You're not playing. Sit down. You're not playing. If you're gonna act like that, you're gonna sit down the whole game. And we had to lecture him how him being out again, how he affect his whole team. The whole team. 
We go to Sam's mom, she, she had a whole lecture on by, by, at Sam's. She tell him the whole story. How you, she, you, how you know you ain't get, he didn't have nerves, uh, can, can, can I see my phone? What? You ain't get nothing today, bro. You better go get a book. <laughs> I was so mad. I'm like, Jesus, help me, this boy. And you know, you got to keep your smile because you're in the gym and everybody's watching. So I'm like, hey, how you? <laughs> Jesus, boy. And he was like, like I'm giving you a warning, trying to talk to him. He just was still acting fleshly. So it happens, you know what I'm saying? But I had to get his bus. Here. Where's your Bible? Is your Bible? What, what, you've been reading? Come on, let's read some word. Let's get some word in your sup. So, you know, hey, praise God. I just had to tell that story because I was like, Jesus, help me with my son. Anyway, I got you, Kayla. That's right. So, so, so that's why, okay, that's why I say when, uh, the government, uh, we depend on the world, is dependent on the government. They're depending on the government. It's an empire. Government is an empire. So seizure, seizure is the empire. So, so, so uh, Heron is under him, and Pilate is under him. And they call all the shots, what was going on. Different empire, they call the shots. But and because they had the kingdom uh, of this world. But God gave us the kingdom in us to call the shots. So the kingdom of God uh, called the shots. We're an ambassadors of God. We're an ambassadors. I'm going to move on. So we have to rise to another level. The kingdom of God is on a complete different level in this world system. Complete different level. To live in it, we have to live from the inside out, not the outside in. So you can't be moved by what you see or what's going on. You have to live from the inside out. Our kingdom come, that will be done. So everything starts in the inside. So you build yourself up with your spirit, praying in the spirit, praying the Holy Ghost. Get up in the morning before you start your day. Get up, pray, read your Bible, pray. Put on the whole arm of God. And you're going out, you can dominate. Anything come against you, you can dominate. I have seen places I went to and I command certain things to happen. I just sit there and watch it happen. People be nice to you when you're doing that. Because you already didn't pray it over it. When I go to this place, I command whoever's going to serve me, whoever's going to do this to me, they're going to have a good attitude. And you go there, hi, hi, how you doing? You have prayed, you have took authority over the spiritual realm. And if you don't, the devil's just going to knock you out. Teenagers, you can do it. Men, you can do it. And he tried to stop men more because he said, men, you, you don't have to be all that. You don't have to do all that. Let your wife pray. Listen. If you're not praying and your wife doing all the praying, you're already defeated, man. You can have a good job. You can go to work all day. You can do all this and provide for your family. That's what we're supposed to do. But spiritually, that woman is trying to carry a weight because the enemy is attacking her. And if you're just sitting at home playing video games all day, think, I got the bills paid. Everything is paid on here. I got everything done, done, done. But the spiritual side... See, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but the spiritual side, she's carrying all the weight. She's praying, praying, and you're not doing nothing. What's wrong? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? No, what's wrong with you? Man, you should be praying. Amen? And that's why God said in uh, Matthew 6, 25, he said, don't worry about these things. He said, don't worry about these things. He said, I'm going to skip down for um, time. 
He said, but seek thee first, in verse 33, seek thee first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. He said, don't worry about all these things. He said, you worry about them when you say them. In another that verse, it said, when you say, we have nothing to eat. So you take upon yourself. So he said, don't worry about this. Yes, we have to take care of ourselves, take care of our family. But God said, seek first the kingdom. Give to the kingdom. Support the kingdom. Support your church. He said, you do that, I'm obligated to take care of you. I will. He said, God's kingdom is about giving. And Luke 6, 38, he just said, give. You say, God said, give, and everything else he's going to do. It's going to be pressed down, straightened, gathered, running over, some men giving to your bus. So when you give and trust God in the shift kingdoms, God obligated to, to give to you. I'm going to move on. He said, um, nugget number five, we have the keys to the kingdom. I love this part. Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom, Matthew 16, 19. I'm going to read, just read it on because I write my notes down. And I will give you unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Jesus said, I'm giving you the authority to do it on earth. So when you bind something, you stop it. You tell the devil, not here. I bind you, devil. I command you to stop. Get your hands off my finances, off my kid. You're taking control over that. He said, whatever you bind in heaven. He said, in Romans 4, 17, the B part of that, for time, just the B part of that. You don't have to do the whole thing. He said, and God, it's God who gives life to the dead, and call those things which do not exist as though they did, they were. So God gives life to the dead, and he called us to use our voice, our mouth, to call those things that do not exist as though they were. So you have the authority in your mouth to speak to your life. He's giving you the authority. When Jesus gave it to us, he gave us the authority to speak. And you don't have what you don't have because of what you're not saying. If you don't say it, you're not going to have it. If you keep saying, I'm sick, bro, I come from this. I'm, 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 all my family have arthritis. All my family have strokes. Everybody have. That's a generation. It's just been in my generation. You keep saying that, that's what you're going to have. I, I stop all the sickness bloodlines in my family. Everyone, I stop it in the name of Jesus. We're not getting sick. Matter of fact, when somebody get my kids or something get cold, I get mad at the devil. How dare you gonna come to my house and bring sickness on my kids? You're supposed to be just like that. You don't just accept it and say, well, I, it's flu season. I catch it all the time. It just, it just all, you know, it just happened to me. I'm just bound to it, and that's what you're gonna get. Instead of speaking out of your mind, the reason you don't say it is because you don't believe it. You don't believe that you can stop sickness. You don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, you're not gonna say it. I believe it, that's why I say it. Yeah, I, I believe it. That's why I say it. Let's continue on. He said, like I said, Jesus gave you authority. Revelations 1.18. You have that, put that up. Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. I love when he said that. He said, amen. Like, everything stopped. But then he said, oh, oh, and by the way, <laughs> He said, oh, he said, he's just adding on to, oh, and just in case you forgot, and have the keys to hell and death. So he prayed something, then he stopped and he said, and, 
Just letting you know, I have the keys to hell and death. So Jesus giving us the keys. He said, I have the keys, but I'm giving it unto you. He said, I'm giving you unto you. That's me. He said, uh, he said uh, that means through him we have the free, uh, we can be free from Satan's spiritual authority. We can be free and reconcile to God and live under the, in his spiritual authority. Just say this to yourself, say, I carry the kingdom of God in me. I'm a kingdom carrier. It's the last one I want to get to. The kingdom is in your mouth. Romans 8.10. He said, the word is near thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. The reason speaking it out is so powerful is that it releases a spiritual force from your heart. It's a spiritual force. When you speak it with authority, it's a spiritual force that's cutting through the spirit. Because remember, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But what do you wrestle against? Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So you, you, all this stuff you're wrestling with. So if you don't say nothing, those devils just continue to torment you. So you, you have to speak against it. You have to speak against it. You say, we are born of God and seed produces after its own kind. Therefore, we are made like God. He places in us whatever is, well, I got to read this right. He placed in us what he has in himself. He placed in us what he had, and everything he spoke, he said, let it be, let it be. He placed it in us. We after the likeness of God. So what he placed, he placed it in us. So we can speak those things and say this thing. Read Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 is just powerful. Chapter 1, all the way down to 28. But just read it and just see. So he placed it in us. So the thing I want to get to you, if you don't get anything, we are his children. And he worked with us to make his kingdom known unto this world. We are kingdom carriers. So God want to work with us. He want us to work through us. He wants to carry his kingdom. You carry the kingdom of God, nothing can stop you. Only thing can stop you is yourself. You look at Pastor and Dr. Howe, you see they're kingdom carriers. They're carrying the kingdom. Pastor give and say things and speak stuff, he knows it's going to happen because he's speaking out of authority. So we're supposed to be examples of our leaders. I don't want to be not like, I want to be like my man and woman of God. I want to have all this prosperity and blessings and see what God did, just like them. But you talk to them, I guarantee they'll tell you they're giving. That's they start out with $20, $50, now they give thousands of dollars. Because everything in the kingdom, you have to give. God so loved the world, he gave. What out of that? When Jesus died, we became alive. So I want to challenge you today, if you all stand, we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Let's play something, bro. I want to challenge you to, to really go deeper to God. And he, he's taking me there. To, it's just really blowing my mind to see the things of God that I 
as a Christian all my life that I could have been further if I'd have knew better. But just repent and get in line. But I challenge you today on your giving. Let that thing shift. When you give today, trust God. Literally, he said, except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it remains alone. When it dies, it brings forth much fruit. It has to die. And the fruit, I remember when I was at Raymond, and I was going to school, and Dad Hagen, the one who got the picture on the wall, the guy, the older man, that's the school we graduated from. We was in school at the time, and when he died, we all came to school that day, and we knew he was kind of sick because he was going, not sick, but he was on his, he was in the hospital. We all came to school that day, and they called us all in the assembly hall, and they said, well, just everybody come to the assembly Now, when you go to the assembly hall at that time, you, you know, you want to see if, you used to get flyers, and if your name is on the back, that means go to the administration, that means somebody pays your tuition or something, or put something on it, that's how it is. And you go there, and people from all over the world, and they say, Troy Jones, or somebody put $300 on your tuition. One time it was $800. Like, why? Because I volunteered all the time. I volunteered at Raymond. In the administration, I called people. How you doing? I always, everywhere I went, I volunteered. If you're not volunteering, what, God didn't cause you here not to volunteer and do nothing. So I always volunteered at Raymond. I always volunteered. So when my name was always, I always looked in the back and see my name on there. Troy Jones, okay. <laughs> go to the administration, you get my name in there. Yeah, yeah, somebody, and they never tell you who it is. They just say, somebody paid it, just get a thank you card, and they'll send it to the person. So you never know, I don't know who blessed me to this day. And I was always going in there, man. I was like, your name wasn't on the back. You was kind of upset. You're like, man, shoot. I mean, and that's when we was, you know, just trying to make it and paying tuition and trusting God, and people paying $500, $200 on your tuition and paying. But I say that to say, when we went to that admission hall, I remember Dean Crow. He said, well, he said, Dad Hagen went on to be with the Lord this morning, and you can hear a pin drop. All the students and all the staff was in there. He said, but we're going to continue on. We're going to keep Raymond going. We're going to keep it going. We're going to stay in faith and go They told they dismissed us that day and said, go home. They said, went home. The camera was out there. News people was out there. They said, don't give no reports. Don't say nothing. Just go home. But I say that to say is everybody had thousands of people that came in there for Raymond. But when Dad Hagen died, they left. Some of them just left. Why? We had to really, we had to pull in and help do this and do We had to come together, the whole people of Raymond, we had to come together and help. They said it was called for Dad Hagen, not for Raymond. So they just went home. Somewhere after the funeral, they just went and left Raymond hanging. And for, we had to stop. We had the great fireworks that, that year. They always did fireworks. They had to stop the fireworks because the funds was. I mean, just like everything just was dying. And the man of God who changed a lot of people's lives, nobody wanted to work. We was, I was praying, I was the usher, I was usher this, usher. My wife was with the prayer team. She, she was doing, and she was, we was all trying to be there, just trying to help out. That's what I say here, help out. Just be a part of it. Don't be here and just think that I'm just here. Help the man and woman of God out. So I say that and say, the scripture the Lord gave me, he said, Except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And I believe the people who were serving, the people who was blessing the man of God and still giving to Ramah, I believe when he shifts kingdoms, 
I believe the anointing of God just fell upon people. I believe that's the scripture he gave me. Because I'm like, how is a man can be so great but certain people don't appreciate him, appreciate the ministry of what's going on when he died? He can give so much. And that one book changed my life. Believer's Authority, you can get it online. Change our lives. When I knew I had authority as a believer, and he wrote that book, Believer's Authority, changed my life. I started walking in my authority. Not religion, I started, when you read that, it's going to change your life. Yeah, they have camped me at the end of this month. Camp me, everyone, they have camped me every, every July, camp me. People come from all over the world. Who, who, everywhere right now in Raymond, they have ministers who have graduated all over the world. They have this big old world come down on the stage and all those lights on it. And that's showing that right now, there's a minister somewhere teaching in Raymond right now, all over the world. Over, over 70,000 graduates all over the world. Just come to Ram and graduate and go and start churches, do what God called you to do. So I say that to say the anointing of God, and I thank God for our man of God, he ain't gone nowhere. But the anointing of God rests upon him. You want that anointing, you want to be blessed, serve, give, be a part of what he's doing. Don't let them do this. And he's about to turn 70 years old and he's been doing it well for 30 years. Come on, people, show the love and gratitude for these people who have give their, given their life. They have sacrificed. Even their kids have sacrificed. They had to give up their parents for us. Come on now. I appreciate these brothers, you know, giving up their parents. And we treat them like, you know, come on now. So I ask you to support this ministry. Give like never before. Serve like never before. Let's show this great man and woman of God if they want to take three weeks off, we got it. Let's show in our giving. Not just talk all day. Let's show in our giving. Let them see a powerful offering. Let them see something change in, 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 this, in while they was gone. When they come back, they're refreshed. Not where you was at, what you was done, why you was three weeks. Who cares? He's been here 30 years. He probably was here more than his vacation. So... Let's appreciate our man and woman of God. So and if, if you don't know Jesus, and you never experienced Jesus, or you may have heard about him, your grandmother may have told you about him, and you say, oh, that's just religious. I thought the same thing. Until somebody told me that he can change your life, and I tried him. I tried him one day, and he changed my life on that Friday night. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.